We are live from Sydney for this Cybos edition of the FinTalk podcast series. I'm Dave Beach, Bob's Guide's Rome reporter, and I'm delighted to be joined by Tom Eck, CTO of Industry Platforms, IBM. Now, Tom, a key theme of Cybos, aside from the jet lag, has been around how open banking has developed in 2018. You've just announced the IBM open banking platform. To me, it seems like a very neat layer to plaster over any cracks in legacy infrastructure that big banks might have. Would you care to challenge that metaphor? Well, first of all, our, you know, the angle that we're taking is this is kind of a, a legacy core renovation project from, rather than a replacement. So we're not advising on rip and replace the existing core systems. They're just not mature enough in any way. That's, I think, just too risky a proposition for the majority of our clients. So instead, we're taking more of an incremental approach. And um, really, the first step is to bring those transactions and services that have been kind of locked away on, on, on big iron, often ours, and um, basically bring them up to the level of a cloud-native layer. So this, the first part of this is, of our product is a cloud-native layer that sits atop the core systems. And then from there, uh, you know, it's all about microservices and then stitching the microservices together so that they can execute a full business transaction such as account opening might have 20 different microservices that need to be coordinated and that's part of what our product does. And then ultimately, it's about exposing those services as lightweight, modern, RESTful APIs. And in some cases, the specifications for those APIs are defined through jurisdiction and through mandate, such as the OBIE specification for, for PSD2. Uh, and in other cases, we are guided by industry frameworks such as um, the buy-in uh, framework um, with whom we had an announcement this week of work we're doing with them. Uh, that framework resonates very well with a lot of our clients. They feel comfortable um, with this framework. They think it's valuable. And they're very excited that IBM is actually helping to take this business framework and kind of transform it into actual software. And the overall purpose uh, or goal that we're trying to achieve with this platform, which actually is software, so this is not a mega kind of consulting service approach. We're not leading with that. We're leading with this works out of the box and specifically for PSD2 today. And it will grow as um, in scope as open, open banking grows. But it's really meant to be an accelerator um, to help banks transform to a what we would call a marketplace platform. I like what you say about it sort of turning the, the BN framework into, into software. IBM's fairly ubiquitous in, in the market, and I know that there's market pressures from other big techs, particularly with end-to-end solutions like this. You know, this, this is more geared towards open banking. I don't think we've seen anything quite like it. What's the differentiator here? Are you leveraging existing partnerships? So, so first of all, I would I, I like to say that, uh, and this is Tom X view. This is uh, not representative maybe of my company, but I think that the the word open in open banking means a few things to me. One of them is about open standards, which is I think where we're kind of started first. Second thing is really about the banks are opening access to to services, data, etc., that have been. Um, previously very hard to access, or access is granted on a, a very privileged um, basis, like literally like connecting a wire to a couple of partners' data centers. And now this is a radically different idea. And thirdly, our approach is to really embrace open standards as much as we can. There's lots of open source product, uh, products in our platform with lots of optionality to swap in and out. And if a client would prefer a, an IBM commercial version of, for example, a queuing product, then, then we can swap that in and out. 
And maybe I was wrong. Maybe there's four meanings to open. Uh, so I'm going to tack on one more, uh, which is really critical to our approach is around partnerships. So we want to, in essence, kind of own um, the foundation layer, which is kind of that layer I mentioned before, because we want to make sure that there's a consistent nomenclature and framework and just ways that third parties can participate and, and technically plug into our platform. So, you know, we, we are developing um, what I'm calling now an, an open tooling interface so that third parties can bring, you know, maybe visual design tools or code gen tools to, to the party. Others will be bringing microservices in the form of containers that will be deployed on the platform. And then extending upon some work we started last year with building out a fintech ecosystem, some third parties will be bringing APIs into, into the platform. And really the goal is to let the client have optionality on picking you know, which widgets they believe are, are best for them and giving them, them that flexibility. So we, we're thinking about the banking industry along business domains, so payments, lending, and what we've launched this week is specifically um, payments. Um, so if you think of our foundation as being the razor, then there's these blades that we're building, which are along these industry verticals. We started with payments, and to be very specific, you know, PSD2 style instant payments. And then over time, and especially with partners, um, we're going to be building out, uh, you know, ad uh, um, additional blades for these additional verticals. Um, we, we tend to think that lending is probably the next one that seems to be the one that everybody's talking about, seems to be the one that our clients want. And in fact, the folks in the UK are now have a working group where they're working on a, extending the PSD2 spec to include a instant lending. It's interesting that you, you mentioned lending because it does lend itself, pardon the pun, quite nicely. Uh, it, it does lend itself quite nicely to um, the open banking API model. Amazon are going after this area in particular where they've got the supply side and they've also got the customer data and they sit in the middle. That's an invaluable exchange of information to be in control of, particularly when it comes to deciding which companies, which merchants to lend to. Uh, I'm going to throw two buzzwords at you, API culture and ecosystem, uh, and, and another platformification. Let's, let's pinpoint the exact opportunity that we're seeing in the market. So, so first of all, I have been a proponent of an API-first approach um, for, for quite a while, because I believe if you build kind of from the API level up, you retain ultimate optionality on how that gets consumed. Gone are the days of really bolting a UI in front of your, your product. And um, just, just to give it actually practical experience that we had at, at IBM is we had this really great product that, um, that we built that did a really nice thing with some, some machine learning models, but had a UI literally bolted on the front of it. And um, it, it, did, it had very good results, and the clients really liked it. And then they told us, you know, we just wish you didn't have a UI on it, right? So that's a lesson learned about, you know, really how this impacts the clients and the value prop of your product. You got to start with APIs and start with the most granular of APIs. Um, because again, that gives you the option to kind of mix and match APIs in ways that uh, were never intended when they were first built, right? And I think that that's a super powerful aspect of not just APIs, but of the platform approach. And I always think of an experience that I'd had attending uh, one of the Apple Worldwide Developer Conferences. 
and sat in on a uh, number of sessions where Apple was announcing like either, I think it was like Watch OS came out at that, that year. And at the end of each one of those kind of SDK launch or SDK update talks, the speaker always ended the same way. And here she would say, we encourage you to start experimenting and playing, and we can't wait to see what you do with it. And I think that really encapsulates the beauty of give the kind of raw materials in their, in their rawest form, but enable, enable the developers with the tools that they need to understand and debug and give them sample code so that they can be successful. But you know, the beauty is when kind of these emergent great ideas form from, from, the, from the ground up. And the other example is, of course, the, uh, the Twitter hashtag, right? That wasn't, that wasn't built into the platform. A user discovered that that was perhaps a good way to, to track threads. And I love emergent behavior, and I think that API-first mentality naturally lends itself to that. Hashtag API. Talking of the Apple, it, it, the Apple conference, it does kind of remind me of, you know, sort of what the CMA and the FCA are trying to do with PSD10, you know, th through the EBA, of course, they've opened up all of this legacy, hidden away customer data, and they've kind of gone and said, you know, we, we can't wait to see what you, tr what, what you do with this, how you're gonna improve the lives of many, or make it more convenient. And, and since then, and particularly 2018, we've started to see massive fragmentation of services, and, and that trend's gonna continue. So IBM, it, it seems, really good timing to, to bring out an open banking platform that can tap into that, that can give big banks the same opportunities to really take advantage of that fragmentation and the specialist fintechs that are popping up. So we think that the, you know, the, the guidance that we're giving to banks, or at least certainly Tom Eck is, and uh, I think others in IBM kind of tend to agree, is that banks must transform both their business and their technology you know, in, into being a, a services platform. And I think that the mentality really has to change from what is the public face of the bank of the future now? What, what does it need to look like? It used to be humans in a bank branch, right? But it's progressively becoming APIs, right? That's becoming kind of the surface area that, that your clients and, and the most direct client uh, of, of, of your services, obviously, is a developer, you know, who's acting kind of a pro as a proxy to, to the real human customers on, on the other end. Um, and so, so, in effect, the, the, you know, the banks should think about unbundling. And this is leading to some, inter I had an interesting conversation yesterday with the bank um, about perhaps the bank really needs to even deconstruct at a, at a more macro level. And instead of it just being, you know, Acme Bank, it actually has, you know, very specialized subsidiaries or independent companies or whatever that focus on on, on very specific areas of, of banking. And again, going back to Apple, you know, they, 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 they uh, always promote the idea, you know, stay focused on a couple of things and do them exceedingly well. And, and IBM, we're coming around to that kind of thinking too. Don't be, don't be everything to everybody, but focus on the specific things, you know, knock them out of the park where, where you can deliver, deliver the most value. And we, um, you know, f from looking at fintechs, which is where a lot of the innovation is coming from, um, I heard the other day, this is not my, I'm just gonna replay this, this thought because I hadn't heard it before, but I think it's brilliant. Um, early part of my career, I was involved in biotechnology and drug design and drug research. And, um, and you know, the, the analogy that was made the other day was that the fintechs are to banks as 
biotechs are to pharmaceutical companies. And in, 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 the, in, the, in the pharma space, what that means is it's the, it's the startups, which are the biotechs, um, usually in conjunction with a university, with a research university. Those are the folks that are discovering the new potential blockbuster drugs. They're doing the basic research. They're the ones taking chances on, on a variety of new techniques, and they're kind of discovering, you know, the, 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 the diamonds in the rough, right? And, and they're, they usually get funding to get through kind of the first round of, of clinical trials. But after that, they need, um, they, there's more funding than they could prop, prop, um, probably get on their own. So that's where the pharmaceutical company comes in. And um, the way it was described to me and thinking about it is pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical company really does three things. It, it takes kind of this novel IP for drug, gets it through the clinical trials, and then does marketing and manufacturing. They're a chemical plant, right? In the same way, a lot of the innovation is coming from the fintechs, and, and, that's being, and the value really is being um, leveraged by, by the banks who, who might do you know, an acquisition, an investment, or just leverage them. And at IBM, one of the things I do is building out our, our fintech ecosystem. And that is a direct response to requests that we had from banks. And it still is um, an unmet need that's not fully fully um, been solved yet. Is the banks are saying, you know, depending on how you count fintechs, uh, you know, there's between eight and twelve thousand, let's say, around the world um, is a number I hear quoted. You know, and the bank is saying, we have no idea how to even start thinking about which ones we should be looking at. I one of them, uh, a rep from a bank the other night told me that the tool they use is is called Google, right? So, okay, we could do a little bit better than that. So what we, what we do right now is we have a pretty lightweight um, kind of vetting process of, of, of which fintechs we bring into our marketplace. Um, you know, they have to have some revenue. We look at the capital structure. We look at the founders. Obviously, they have to have a good product. Um, and then we basically bring, uh, bring them in, in, into our marketplace. Um, but... Uh, a lot of the banks are asking us to go to, to go further, and one of one of the really big pain points for fintechs to do business with banks is the vendor review process at a bank, right? Which we've done a mini survey, um, and it's it's in the, it's in the order of hundreds of steps. We've heard at a bank, so a vendor review process at a bank, minimum 200 steps. Now imagine you're a fintech and you have the great fortune to have gotten the interest of a couple big banks. And you are now going through the vendor review processes of a couple of them. You are going to collapse under the weight. Um, the de you, your developers are going to be tied up doing this instead of continuing to build the product out. And largely, you know, there's a large degree of overlap between banks of the steps that they do in the vendor review process. So perhaps there's an opportunity to, um, I like to use the word um, Carfax, which is a thing we have in the U.S., which is a... Um, Kind of a it's a it's a it's a company that does a review of a of a, of a um, used automobile, and you know it it there's a checklist of maybe 20 things it looks at. It looks at um, accidents. How many accidents has it been in? Um, how many miles on the car? How many owners has it, has it? Has it been in a garage? You know all these kind of things, and then basically produces a report. It doesn't tell you whether or not you should buy the car. It just gives you kind of this data so that you don't have to go do it. And then they charge a fee for that, right? So you can either subscribe to, to, a, uh, to a feed, like maybe you're a used car um, reseller, 
Or if you're, uh, you know, maybe just a retail customer that's looking at a particular car, you might just pay for that one report. I think the same thing could be done for fintechs. Uh, and it's a concept that we've been considering doing at IBM. Um, our clients would like to see us do that, and that's something we, we will continue to consider uh, moving into in, in, in the future. Talking of your discussions with banks, what sort of interest are you getting, and you know, what sort of demographic um, are picking up the phones and talking to IBM? Well, I'll tell you this, that um, here at Cybos, um, I'm, not just my opinion, but I've been talking to analysts and other media folks, it seems that um, they're saying last year it was blockchain, and this year it's open banking. So my date card has been full, and um, with, you know, n not, I think we're now past the kicking of the tires, and it's now really time to action, and that, that's what we're seeing, going from interest to action, and um, I think the forcing effect has been kind of twofold. One certainly has been the regulatory pressure, okay? And um, that's, that's, that's forced banks to do that. Now, the second effect is, you know, FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. Um, you know, banks are very competitive, and, and in certain regions, uh, they're more competitive against each other uh, than others, and they really feel there's a first-mover advantage. Many do. So now they're, 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 they're now feeling, you know, perhaps we're behind in the game now, um, we need some help. Another um, kind of thing that I'm hearing is even though some of these banks have been kind of forward thinking or first movers, either because they've seen the opportunity, I see that in Nordics, by the way, or that they've been compelled, you know, in the in UK, for example, is, um, is that they have gone it on their own and done these initial implementations. And um, without naming names, of course, I, I asked, uh, you know, very, very large, you know, one of the CMA9 banks. I said, okay, good, good. I, you know, how, can I ask how you did it? And they said, um, yeah, we spent an awful lot of money on some very expensive people, right? I'm like, okay, that's interesting. Then I've talked to a number of other folks, which, quite frankly, um, I know that they have been on this open banking path for, for quite a while. And, um, but yet, you know, they wanted to have a meeting with me on, on, to discuss this launch of this platform. And I re wasn't really sure how the meeting was going to go. Um, you know, I don't want to pitch something to some, to, I'm not, I'm a sales guy, but I'm not one of these selling a, 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 a freezer to an Eskimo kind of sales guys, right? I want to sell something unless I think there's value. And I was really surprised to hear that, that this, this bank said, look, we, we, we did this first one and we don't want to do it anymore. Like, we don't want to maintain it. Um, we don't want to deal with when there's uh, changes to the reg. We don't want to change. We don't want to, we don't want to have to uh, deal with the next geo that we have to do this for. So if you guys, IBM, have a product that out of the box does this and moving forward you are going to add you know, support for these, we, we would love you to take over what, what we've started. So I'm hearing that in a number of cases. Thank you very much, Tom. Uh, that was Tom Eck, CTO uh, of IBM Industry platforms. Uh, I've been Dave Beach and this has been your FinTalk podcast series live from Cyber Sydney.